Welcome back to another episode of The Weighing Room. And today it's just the two of us. James is sunning himself abroad. So you're stuck with me and Paul and hopefully we can find some winners. I think we've got a good chance. We've got eight or nine races to go through um, on the flat and also one back over jumps, probably where we're, we're more comfortable. So we're going all over England and, and dual codes. Paul, we'll try and find some winners. But firstly, how have you been getting on? A better than what I was last week. Frankie, um, I was absolutely floored last week. I haven't been at work for, for about two weeks. Um, so bit of bit of antibiotics and a, a bit of steroids and back on a on a level playing field now and, and mad mad fraction. So looking forward to the weekend. Back to full health. Yeah, absolutely. So get back. Top man. We're gonna kick this off at Ascot uh, on the Saturday, class three handicap. A tricky one to start with, if I'm honest. I mean, if you're looking at the market, you've got six to one, seven to one, eight to one about the top. It's very competitive betting wise. Paul, tell me what you're looking at. Where are we starting? I'm going to take a chance on the Eve Johnson Houghton train. HMS president has posted a couple of decent efforts around Ascot. Was a good second over course and distance on his previous visit off a handicap mark of 88. Lines up here of was that 88 the last lines up here off 88 less George Adobe's three pound claim and I think if on a going day has a nice draw on stall number seven should be there or thereabouts at a bit of a price so it's HMS president for me HMS president at a bit of a price I'm looking at Mascot one that goes on the flat um, and over hurdles and it's been in the mixer on a couple of handicaps um, but hasn't managed to win one runs off of 87 but jockey takes three off last time it was a short head second on the flat off of 85 i think they're they're coming here to wrong their rights i think that they they probably thought this horse was quite well handicapped last time out um didn't quite manage to win they're throwing it out again quickly chucking a claimer on only two pounds up and the claimer dispels that and actually takes it a pound down and i think they'll be um trying to get their nose in front this time so mascot for me in the opener um next we're going to Linfield, Linfield so more flat racing we're looking at the 205 another handicap this time a class four over seven furlongs the SPK handicap again quite a competitive one if you're looking at the market no clear favorite here Paul who are we siding with yes it is it's quite open small field but you know top three four in the market you could make it a strong case for all I've gone with the Dunlop train, Vero Eagle, who would need to leave her previous efforts, albeit on the all-weather, at Lingfield behind her. She posted a good effort. She was just touched off last time out on the turf at Brighton. We're back on grass here on Saturday afternoon. William Buick, I'd imagine, may have had the choice of going to go into one or two meetings. He's gone to Lingfield and he partners Vero Eagle, who I'm going to take a chance can go one better than that of last time out at Brighton. William Buick is uh, yeah, the man to follow at the moment, isn't he? I'm, I'm taking the opposite yeah. angle. Um, you've gone for a horse that needs to leave the all-weather form behind. I'm gone for Al Geed, which needs to retain the all-weather form because this horse has been decent enough on the all-weather, but only has two runs on turf to his name. And they were last and fourth. So not the best, but very early on um, in his career. And in handicaps off of a higher mark than what he goes off today. So he's got more racing experience, albeit on the all-weather. He's come down a couple of pounds from his last handicap efforts on turf. And they were in class twos and threes. We're now in a class four. So 
he does have to produce the goods on the on the grass, but hopefully with a drop in class, a drop in the weights, and a bit more experience, he he could do better than what he did first time round. Um, so that's that's the first at Lingfield. We're going back to Ascot. The second race at Ascot, if I flick back over, will be the two twenty Kerry Group Buckhound Stake. This is a listed race over one mile three. Um, a bit more competitive and some stronger runners in here. The first listed one we're looking at, Paul. Are you going with the favourite here? Yeah, I think if you're if you're having a serious punt, the favourite's the one to, to get stuck into. I think seven to four, two to one could look massive shortly after 2.20 on Saturday afternoon. Was last seen just beating one home in the, the Champion Stakes at Ascot last October. Takes a considerable drop in class here. William Haggis trains, Dane O'Neill on board for a lazy but if I was having a bet, maybe for a bit of interest, a bit more value to, to follow the, the favourite home or even in the, the place markers, I wouldn't put anyone off taking a chance on something exciting. Who won a competitive handicap at York last October. Andrew Balling's runners generally do come on for the run and something exciting does have the benefit of having a run this season. Will need to improve, but might just run well at a price. Big price. I agree. I think the favourite, seven to four, could look could look massive um, once yeah. the race is run. I mean, even if you're looking off of ratings, you know, rated 117 is one group races has come a short head second in group one races. It's the class in the race, isn't it? I say the worry, the worry that you might put down maybe price-wise why it's slightly bigger because it's first run of the season, but this horse won on reappearance last year and we're well enough into the season now, aren't we? It's not like we're talking start of the flat trainers are getting going they've got going they've had runners and you know this horse hasn't run yet yeah. but the yard's already firing it should be ready to go I, I'm in agreement seven to four about the favourite yeah. could hopefully <laughs> if we know what we're on about <laughs> look value um, once the race has run but we'll have to wait and see um, we go back back across to Lingfield um, to the second or sorry the third race at Lingfield which would be the 240 SBK Derby trial stakes um, a listed race again, one mile three, a hot favourite in Walk of the Stars. Is that where we're going? Yeah, I think Walk of Stars is the one they all have to beat here. Is two from three thus far, represents top connections, beautifully bred son of Dubawi, and I think it is priced accordingly here. The choice of William Buick for trainer Charlie Appleby. So it's Walk of Stars for me. Natural Worlds obviously could be anything. One victory from, from one start made it a pleasing winning race course debut at Newbury back on the 16th of April. Slight concern would be that he's by Frankel. Progeny can be a little bit hot, so if he's just might overthink this assignment on, on Saturday, but we'll we'll not know until, until 2.40. And United Nations won victory from, from three starts. Brian Moore takes the mound for, for Aidan O'Brien, but on all-known form, it's walk of stars for me. Walk of stars, definitely the one to beat. Um, maybe I'm getting carried all with away with the Ryan Moore effect, but United Nations, a, 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 a much bigger price rather than odds on. I'm willing to take the favourite on. Um, won his first race and then just chucked into hot company. Second race was in a group three, I think. Yeah, group three. The winner of that race was Caribus, who obviously won the 1,000 guineas. Um, then into another fairly strong race, a listed race, but you know wasn't disappointed in that by any means um, on first start this year. As you said, on all known form, Walk of Stars has done the business. But I think maybe United Nations has just been given a too tough of a task too early. And therefore, we haven't seen the horse to full effect. And I'd be willing to have a go at, at nine to two rather than on top. 
Yeah, I think if I was if I was looking to have a bet against the favourite, I would side with you with, with United Nations on the back of what I said with, about Frankel's progeny. Natural world could be anything, but if he's overthinking this assignment, having already had, had one day at school so far, so to speak, he just might be a little bit keen in the early stages. So I think if you're if you're looking to take the favourite on, I would would be siding with you, frankly, on with United Nations. Maybe a forecast that to play in a small field. Um, <laughs> next up, we are we jump racing. We're off the flat. We're on to Haydar. Um, a great little race, this, I think. Um, it's the three o'clock uh, Haydock, the Potemps Network Swinton Handicap Hurdle, a grade three, ran over one mile seven. We've got West Cork that heads the market. We've got Cormier in there, Milkwood, you know, some horses that we've seen time and time again um, in handicaps. Paul, it's a tricky one to decipher. Who have you sided with? I've gone with Cormier. I'd be looking to take the I'd be looking to take West Cork on Anna Benina by process of elimination here. I'm going to start backwards. Anna Benina, it's interesting. Sean Bone was on board Anna Benina last time out, but I think it's interesting that connections have opted now to claim off Anna Benina. Mark McDonough claims five for trainer John McConnell of uh, 11 stone one. So that to me would indicate that the handicapper might just have her in his grasp. You got Philip Hobbs represented with Luttrell Ladd, Tom O'Brien takes the mount, Sebastopol. Is a little bit hit and miss. Herbie here would Herbie is interesting now for Ollie Greenall and Josh Guerrero. John, Ollie, the two lads were, were decent riders in their own rights back in the day, and they're, they're making a fair fist of it in the training operation. Craig Nickel takes them out for Herbie. I'd imagine off a mark of one three five off eleven stone one would need to take a step forward. But Cormier was second in this race last year off 130. Danny McManaman was on board last year. Takes his chance here off 138. Johnny Burke, who was on board Cormier to victory at Cheltenham towards the end of January, takes the mountain. It's interesting that connections. Brian Ellison's not afraid to use good claimers in the north. And mm-hmm. I just I, I think on the back of Johnny Burke keeping the ride, 11 stone four in his back, off a mark of 138. I'd be shocked if he's not on the premises approaching the, the last hurdle here. Brian Ellison knows how to find a handicap winner as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he does well in the handicaps. I'm looking at Luttrell Lad. Um, Philip Hobbs, you know I like the stat of three seconds in a row, Paul. <laughs> that, drew, that, that, that got my eye instantly. Um, but this lad's got some good form. If you look um, at his first hurdle start, I think he was, he was beaten by Comprom, which we know just won at Punchestown uh, last week. He beat Iron Maximus, which is a decent enough horse for the Hendersons. Um, ran it in the Ballymore. I think probably should have gone into a handicap at Cheltenham, but they wanted to take it to the Ballymore. And this is his first start in a handicap and I just think off of one three five he's got a bit of weight in hand with a few of these and given off of the horses that he's been running there or thereabouts with I think must have a, a fair chance in this for Philip Hobbs. Um so literal lad for me in the only race we're going to cover over hurdles. We're back to the flat and Lingfield 315 is where we're looking next if I just Get them up. The the Oaks Trail Philly Stakes, a listed race over one mile three. Emily Dickinson heads the market at seven to four. Paul, where are we looking? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to take the favourite on here. This could be a bit mad. <laughs> Scratching your head. <laughs> yeah, I've gone with, I'm a big fan of the balling yard and I've gone with Speak, who was a good winner in race course debut at Kempton. Only managed to beat one home next time out at Doncaster. And I thought made a pleasing reappearance when finishing 4-13 to 13 at Windsor back in April. As I mentioned plenty of times, by now the yards horses on the first run, whether it be race course, debut or seasonal reappearance, generally 
do come on for that run. Rob Hornby, another jockey, I'd imagine, could have had the choice to go to a couple of meetings. If that is the, the case, he's, he's come here to, to Lingfield. He partners speak for Andrew Balding. And she's a filly that's obviously held in, in a bit of regard here. And I think Speak could just run well here at a bit of a price. Price indeed, nine to one. Um, I'm hoping you are crazy because I'm going with the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, out, out, out of the horses at the top of the market, she's the one we know most about. There are a couple in here with more experience, but running in, in lesser company, um, mostly. And I just think I, I always like a horse that manages to win a race but still looks like there's more to come um she won a race last time at nace which was still a little bit green didn't look to have really got into a racing but still found a way to win and i think given that extra run a bit more experience this will be her fourth start second start of the season could be or, or definitely will be more to come you just got to hope it's good enough to win a race like this um but i think must have a fair ch chance and, and for an inform again trainer and jockey combo of Brian and, and Ryan Moore. I'd be, I'd be going with the favourite at round seven to four in this, Emily Dickinson. Um, so that's Lingfield, 3.15 covered. We're going back to Ascot, the 3.30. I think this is a, a, a fantastic race, another competitive handicap. Class two, over one mile. Strawberry heads the market. We've got Stunning Beauty in there, Spirit of Bay. Aurea um, is one I like. Paul, who do you fancy out of these lot? I quite like Don't Tell Claire, who's a course and distance winner off 83. Lines up here off 91. The yard's in good form. Dan, I used to ride out with Dan Kubler back in the day when he was with, I think he, he attended the, the Royal Agricultural College in Sirencester. He used to ride out with Tom George. And he, he's making a fair, himself and Claire are making a fair go of the, the training operation. Yard's in good form, as I mentioned. Richard Kingscott takes the mounts and it's Don't Tell Claire for me. There's a story behind that. Trained by Boston, standing Boston. Claire Cobbler. <laughs> That's why the joint license is there. Maybe you had to tell Claire. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a good story behind it. Um, I'm looking a bit further up. Second favourite, Stunning Beauty, Hayley Turner takes the ride. Um, ran well in a couple of handicaps last year. Third, twice off a mark of 96. And then went over to Maidan. Ran um, around a mile, had a race over six furlongs. And unplaced you know seventh tenth and ninth the form figures don't exactly read brilliantly but they're in group races and for lack of a better word <laughs> a group reject in a handicap is something i quite like um a horse that hasn't been able to make the cut it at the top level and then gets dropped back into a handicap if they can keep a fair enough mark um which you would hope that this horse has now running off of 94 when was previously in handicaps off of 96. I think it's worth another chance in a handicap. Hasn't been good enough at, at group level, but back in a handicap off a fair mark, um, I'd be going with stunning beauty in a 330 at Ascot. And back to Lingfield at 350, the second last one we're going to cover there, I think. Um, this is the race I was looking forward to. Class one, group three, seven furlongs. I think this is arguably maybe the race of the card. It looks competitive. A really interesting runner as well from Henry de Bromhead. Ren's breath in there, um, which is fascinating. Um, who's the horse for you, Paul? I've gone with Symphony Perfect. This is either going to be something beautiful or something <laughs> horrible to watch. With, with, with Jamie Spencer on board. That, <laughs> that's yeah. Look, exactly you, know what, that. you know what you're getting. Symphony yeah. Perfect probably didn't stay the seven furlongs. Stiff seven furlongs. 
on our previous start at Newbury, was a good second last time out at Chelmsford. Um, I think has the right man on board. If she's ever going to get seven furlongs, this is it. You know, it'll be decent ground. It's a bit kinder seven furlongs than that of Newbury. It's a rare jockey trainer combination here. Jamie Spencer riding for Richard Hannon. I'd imagine maybe that, you know, the trainer connections could have had Jamie in mind for this. And as I said, I'd imagine she's going to be happy. So, yeah, fasten your seatbelts if you're getting involved and try and enjoy the ride. And hopefully we'll see Symphony Perfect coming, swooping late to collect. Yeah, maybe giving an exciting day out for the owners, like you said, if they have Jamie in mind. <laughs> they want that, that picture-perfect run. Um, you got stung last time, didn't you, or, or the other week from a from a, a nearly a Spencer masterclass? Yeah, I got stung with a couple of seconds, a couple of nice price seconds in the last week, and just the wrong side of a couple of close finishes. And yeah, one of them was was Spencer. All right, I thought thought it approaching the furlong marker that we were getting there was cash, wasn't it? At Ascot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, the winner wasn't for pass. It was a cracking finish, but unfortunately, for myself, just the, the wrong side of a tight finish. Hopefully one better this week. Um, I'm going at the top of the market. Just slipped into joint favourite. Um, Chokaya, trained by Hugo Palmer. And, and has found a bit of recent form. I don't know if this has anything to do. I looked back and, and Hugo's trained this horse throughout its career. So, oh, I think so. I'm just checking now, actually. I just, yeah, trained this horse for long enough. It must have, must have came with him on his trip up north to Manor House Stables um, when he made the move. And... Maybe he likes it up north, but he's found some some good form of recent. Seems to be coming into great form and, and making some progress. And off the back of that, I'd hope he, he kind of continues on that upward curve that he seems to be on. Has put three solid performances, one a handicap, a class two handicap, one on the all-weather, um, and then fourth in a listed race. Behind She Do, which heads the market up with this horse. But barely even half a length um, in fourth. It was a a blanket finish that day. And I think with the extra furlong, that could make the difference for Chokia to reverse the form over she do. So, you know, fairly priced. They're joint favourites. They were they were close enough last time out. But if Chokia can continue up on that upward curve, maybe can go one better and win this at Lingfield. Um, that's the 350 at Lingfield. That's the last we're going to look at at Lingfield. And to finish off, we've got, God, we've got a cracker of a handicap. If you can find a winner in this, you're doing well. Um, you get bragging rights if you pick the winner of this. The 405 Tote Victoria Cup handicap around over seven furlongs. Another where if you're looking at the betting and the market, we've got a load of runners. It's headed up by seven to one dark shift and loads of horses in and around the 10, 11, 12 to one mark. Paul, pick the winner. Over to you. It's not easy to, to swear of accidental agent, but he, he's one of favourites he's, he's an old character like he's his own I imagine he could read you the race post he just has his own way of, of doing things he's best with a, a fast pace to aim at which he should get here but he can be a little tricky at the stalls even at eight and he's had plenty of runs so you'd imagine I'm going to anticipate the loading procedure is going to take quite a, quite some time here which is not going to be to accidental agents liking so and he was a good winner last time out and he, he rarely backs his, his you know he barely barely puts two decent runs together I'm going to take a chance at the prices on a rare runner over seven furlongs for Sir Mark Prescott with royal pleasure. Drawn in stall number 16 was a good third, finished third of four, just beat one home over six furlongs last time out at Doncaster. Was thought good enough to run in the Britannia last at, at Royal Ascot last June. 
you know, it's Torhammer Hansen takes the mount. He wears the hood, can race a little keenly. There should be plenty of pace here. Drawn in 16, you'd imagine he'll come middle to, to certainly stand side. Royal pleasure. And I think if he gets a little, if he settles early, he gets into a nice rhythm, he just could run well here at a price. Royal pleasure for me for, for trainer Sir Mark Prescott and jockey for Hammer Hansen. Big price there from yourself, 22 to 1. I'm looking towards the young lad, Harry Davies, taking that crucial seven pounds off. Um, this is another horse that ran in a couple of handicaps last year, then went over to Maidan. And unlike um, the previous, I mentioned Stunning Beauty, I think it was, did perform in Maidan. Um, a first, a fourth, a third. So solid enough and consistent enough over there in strong races as well. Group races over there, group two. Um, over the mile trip, I think, um, one over the mile and then third over seven furlong, furlongs um, at Maidan. So went over there and, and did perform and did live up to expectations. Most recently, a nice second to, was it Perfect Power? I've just <coughs> lost the connection on here. A nice second to Perfect Perfect Power, which is a smart horse. I think that's strong form. He has got a mark or a rating of 107, which is a huge hike. Um, from the last time this horse ran in a handicap. God, it was around the 96s, I think. So massive, massive hike. But as I said, the young lad taking seven off is crucial. And, you know, when that takes you down into the nine stone three rather than up the top with nine ten, that's right in the mixer with some of these lesser horses and off the back of some strong runs over in Maiden, I think has a fair chance, but a, a competitive one for sure. Um, as I said, we do well to find the winner of that. Some competitive racing, if I'm honest. Um, no clear kind of standout favourites. You've got uh, the one that you had yourself. Um, and Al Asi, probably. I'm going to hand it over to you. And I'd imagine that's where you might be for your nap, Paul. You're having a serious punt. I think Al Asi, at, seven, at around about seven to four, is definitely the way to go. But, you know, for, for handy money, I think Symphony Perfect. You should get a, a good run for your money here. Top stuff. There we are. That's a, a bit of a price. And we'll, we'll take the pair of them. Um, the Spencer ridden Symphony Perfect and then Al AC um, will be my nap as you said it could be juicy 7-4 to four. the classiest horse in the race um, highest rated just needs to turn up and, and do what he can and hope that the others don't improve beyond his ability so there's two that hopefully can get the job done and that is all for this week Paul thank you very much um, for your insight you. as always um, and yeah hopefully between us we've got some winners we'll be back next week I'd imagine with the three of us James will come back with a beaming tan <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll kick on from there exactly yeah if you are racing enjoy your racing if you're having a bet best of luck and um, we'll see you next week <laughs>